0: What we typically do is we'll have a concept deck or a pitch deck, um, but we'll also make like a, let's say a sales sheet, which is just like a simple PDF front and back type of tool and, or a intro with only like two to four slides and a, we call like a teaser deck. Okay.
1: That's my guest this week, Michael Doyle from a company called Brand Iron. Michael specializes in creating pitch decks for investors, real estate developers, and many other business professionals. And as he was explaining, um, there are different types of pitch decks depending on the position that you're at with a particular prospect or client. And I
0: said, Well, have you kind of teased this out and really kind of shortened that list of who you're actually spending time with? No, we've just been meeting with everybody. And they've had, dozens and dozens of meetings, only to find out that their product type, horizontal versus vertical, if they would have let them know that from, from the get-go, they could have saved themselves a ton
1: of time. Michael has a ton of interesting insights and advice when it comes to pitch decks, including branding, the content, the research you should be doing. I think you're going to find this episode particularly useful to you. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Copkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose to. Before we get started, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you struggling to find an agency that can build an awesome website without having to wait weeks or even months? Up in a day, you can build a high impact website quickly and with minimal effort from you. They make the process easy and painless so you can focus on your business while they take care of building your business, the website it deserves. Check them out at www.upinaday.co, that's U-P-I-N-A-D-A-Y dot C-O, and schedule a call with them. Now, back to the show. Hello, Michael. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm fascinated by the whole kind of topic around not just pitch decks, but also how do you brand yourself within a pitch deck? Um, So perhaps let's let's start from the kind of 30,000-foot view. Yeah. What is a pitch deck and and why is it important for a real estate investor to be thinking about using one?
0: Yeah. Um, there's several, in, in, in context of real estate, there's several different iterations of like different pitch decks. Um, we work with ones where they're putting together more of like a, a project concept deck to be able to put together kind of the idea of what it is or propose that they're doing whether they're doing a small residential uh, rehab project, whether they'll be doing a from ground up build, whether they're doing a conversion. So a lot of times they'll put together a concept deck to present to partners, the architect, um, and potential investors that are, to gauge their interest in a project. And this is typically pre, Um, pro forma or pre idea of what the exact budget wants to look like. And so they kind of, we help work on those like, uh, project concept decks on a regular basis and a little bit farther down the road when they have a much better idea of what the project wants to look like from not only a, um, we're doing this with, you know, these many homes or this, uh, uh, multifamily project or this conversion project or whatever. And we have a really good idea what that wants to look like. And then they start to put together the performance, they have an idea what the dollars involved are, what the um, dollar amounts are going to be to be able to pull this project off. Then we can put together a true quote, unquote cap raise deck to be able to help raise the money, to be able to pull off and and put together um, a deck to be able to present to investors. So, and that's typically what we see is Pitching the concept, getting um, getting that nailed down, gaining buy-in from all the interested parties, and then kind of putting all the entitlements and fees uh, and feasibilities together, and understanding what it's all going to take from that standpoint, and then putting it um, putting those dollars together into a performance, and then being able to forecast out the amount of dollars that is going to go into the project, as well as the anticipated returns that are going to come out of the project and back to investors.
1: And is- and is this something that you're presenting in something like a powerpoint or google slide or is it
0: typically um we we like to do it that way um we we work with our clients and they typically will put together like a yeah powerpoint presentation or google slides or some sort of presentation software t- typically so they can actually because every, you know what the hardest part when putting together a pitch deck typically is you've got let's say it's 50 to 100 pages of content, right? right? So how do you narrow that down, all that content into a nice, clear, tight presentation that's 20, 20 pages or less or maybe the mid-20s or so into a, a presentation where you can really grab their interest in the first five to 10 minutes, get them engaged, get them excited about the concept and what you're doing or the returns and or how you're paying an um, ongoing um, income and get them engaged about and to the point where they want to ask a lot of questions. And then you can have, and you really need to tell that story in the first five to 10 minutes to be able to get their interest, you know, get them sucked in and ask a lot of questions. And then if they ha- have a bunch of questions, you could have a lot more content in the back or you know, in the appendix. You could still have, could include 50 slides if you want, but if you can get that message into 20 to 24, 25 slides, and you can really sell that concept and the story within the first five to 10 10 minutes, get them sucked in and get them engaged and get them excited about it. So they start asking a bunch of questions and then you earn the right to be able to bring in information or bring in a performer, bring in this or bring in that to be able to answer all the questions they have. But what we see most people, have way too much information and they can't tell that story in a nice, tight, clear fashion from the very get-go. And so that is what's critical and why we'd like to put it into a, a presentation of, you know pr- that's not overwhelming.
1: And so what are the important elements around telling that story? What do you, what do you recommend to your clients?
0: Yeah, I, I tell people um, an investor's pitch deck or a concept pitch deck is just like any other good book right? You've got like, what's the main headline or the title of what it is. And, and then you've got chapters in that book that are going to tell different components of the story. And you're going to have to have what we call a financial story within there. That's not so overwhelming, but you can package that and tell them the highlights of what that wants to look like. And then you can kind of build, have you know, like any other book, you have a buildup of kind of the Peak or the crescendo, and then you'd have a nice tight close where you kind of reiterate the main value points of the project or the investment, and then you have a nice tight close and an ask of what you're asking for and the dollars about dollars that you're you're asking for and you and so I, it's really kind of like a story. I call a story. And understanding the chapters of that story and the financial component, or the financial story has to be a key component of that and be able to put together. It's, it's just like any other book. You see, like, you, you'll see like a book and you got this, you know, let's call it like a 250 page book. Well, if you're trying to pitch a book to an investor in five to 10 minutes, it's tough. So you almost want to do like a clip notes version of it in a pitch deck where you condense that down to those first 20 slides. But if you've got the headline and then the chapters and then the highlights within each one of those chapters and a part of that story and the same thing on the financial story, and then you have a nice tight close, you answer just enough questions to get them sucked in and excited about what you're telling them that they want to ask a lot more questions.
1: And I noticed something that you posted. I can't remember if it was social media or I found it on your website was around Two two critical elements. One was understanding the space you're operating in, correct, and and then also understanding your your target audience. What what are the key points that people need to understand from those two aspects? Yeah,
0: um, you know, especially when when we're talking about real estate, you want to understand uh, the type of project that you're you're building in, whether it be a single family home, whether it be a uh, multifamily whether it be a uh, mixed-use project, whether it be a transportation-oriented development, whatever, you need to really understand the space that you were playing within. And especially in, in real estate, you have to understand what is what is going in within that specific neighborhood or within that specific geography and how this fills a potentially unmet need, how... Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're not building something that there's already a lot of that inventory in the marketplace. And so you've got to be able to do that research and make sure you really understand where, where this project's going into what neighborhood and does it really make sense? And it's just like answering any other, um, pitch deck questions they have got. Is there a need? Why is this important? Why is what you do? better than what else is going out there or are unique or better? And why is this really compelling? And so you've gotta be able to understand, do the research and know, the, and know all those things. I call it anticipate the question. If you can anticipate the questions of what the investors are gonna ask you, and typically in, in real estate, there's gonna be six you know, half dozen to a dozen different questions they typically will ask you. And if you know what those are going into it, and especially with the product type that you're talking about, working, you know, and buying and, and and maybe adding value, maybe not adding value. But if you know what those six to 12 questions are going to be and you can answer those or be prepared to answer all of those, it makes your life so much easier in putting together that story and understanding what those critical components are. And that's kind of what you need to do from a research standpoint ahead of time.
1: Right. And And how much should you be um spending in terms of research around you know target audience or the kind of person that you're looking to try and raise money what 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 are the sort of things that somebody needs to understand about their target uh, they do
0: um qu- quite a bit actually um you know let we we uh, we were talking a little bit before we started you know went live and we were talking about the rental markets right and that's a really good example where in most communities in the, in the United States and Canada, and, and as well as most of North America, rental markets, there's not a lot of inventory for good rental. And you've got to be able to understand that. You also understand, are you at the lower end? Are you in the medium or in the higher end? And how much of those particular categories are in the neighborhood that you're talking about? And understanding and research, researching and knowing, is there a need for this? Is there... Over supply, under supply for this, and and understanding and knowing not only the product type, but aligning and doing the research of who the potential targets are for this particular type of project, and having really good data to be able to communicate and convey why there's a big need here is is critical.
1: And what what about understanding the target investor? Uh, you know, what are the sort of things that you need to because uh, because I'm there's every level of investor, sophisticated investors that have done this a hundred times. And then obviously those that are thinking about getting into real estate, but they don't want to deal with the, the toilets and the trash. And that's, <laughs> why, and that's why they're looking at somebody like yourself. So, and, and how, how sophisticated does that pitch deck need to be depending on the level of investor that you're, you're talking to?
0: Well, that's a good question because um, you need to understand not only who your targets market is from the potential resident or who may be buying your product or renting your product, uh, whether it be on the residential side or on the commercial side. But you also understand is who is in your sphere of influence that you want to package this pitch deck for and what's their demographic or their profile want to look like. And based on that, do you need to be really detailed your presentation and have airtight performance and know exactly every single thing they'll ask, or do you know the less one a uh, less sophisticated real estate and you gotta take a step back and explain all the terminology that they may not understand? And and or or some that, that may be very uh, uh very sophisticated and you just gotta highlight all those things and make sure you spell those things out, you know, clear and concisely.
1: And, and where hey, you, uh, so you've, you've got an appointment or they're interested in the hearing is, is there anything that you should be sending them ahead of time or should you be trying and saving that, um, for the presentation? Or yeah. Time?
0: So w- what we typically do is we'll have a concept deck or a pitch deck, um, but we'll also make like a, let's say a sales sheet, which is just like a simple PDF front and back type of tool and or a intro with only like two to four slides. And a we call like a teaser deck okay. where you just, you may be sending us out to gauge their interest, see if they want to find out more about it. And so that you may not, you don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time. So we like to put together like a teaser deck or a, t- or a teaser sales sheet, kind of 50,000 foot view of what the project or in the investment, will, wants to look like. To gauge their interest and determine whether it's a good match or not. Right, and you yeah. know you want you don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time either. I right. mean, if right. this doesn't meet their criteria, or isn't their product type, or isn't their um, in, investment model, why waste your time? You're you're only going to get an up nose as it is. You don't need got the more. <laughs> well,
1: it's, it's, and I assume especially. Uh, well, I guess this is something that could be done in, in person or virtual. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, but you, you're not going to want to invest that 30, 60 minutes on on everybody because then that, you'll just fill your day up.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's why we encourage people to do it. Right. You know, if you can put together a teaser deck or a sales sheet, send it out in advance, um, in, in advance gauge their interest and see if it, it meets, you know, potentially meets their. Product type or their investment type um you're so much better off you right? Here's a really good example I was met with a uh, a group yesterday afternoon and it is a um horizontal residential plot of land for um residential home lots and they they realize right now that um horizontal is not nearly as desirable as vertical multifamily. Right. And 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 they're kind of hitting a brick wall. And I said, well, have you kind of teased this out and really kind of shortened that list to who you're actually spending time with? No, we've just been meeting with everybody. And they've had dozens and dozens of meetings only to find out that the product type, horizontal versus vertical, if they would have let them know that from... From the get go, they could have saved themselves a ton of time and a lot of effort and a lot of heart, heartache.
1: Right, that goes back to your research, the importance of Correct. research and spending that time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and you, when you're talking to people too, you understand is they'll typically want to know is is it are we talking raw land? Is it just is this for development? Are we talking about a rehab project? You know, are we talking about you know, industrial or residential or retail or industrial, you know, if you can talk about that as well as all the different and same thing on the financial side too, right? There's some, pro, some, um, some investments that spin off capital and cash and they've got moderate returns, but they're a great cash producing vehicle. And that there's some projects that don't spin off a lot of cash during that, but at the back end, they may have a high cap X and and have really attractive multiples, but you've got to be patient and you want you've got to want to be able to wait for that three, four, five, six years, seven years. And you've got to understand only what your product type is going to look like, but who's that who is that going to appeal to from an investor standpoint as well.
1: What what about the situation where somebody is is doesn't have a project, doesn't have a specific project, but they're wanting to raise capital. So they're they're, they're looking to use other people's money to build a a real estate portfolio and joint venture type of uh, setup. How how different is that pitch deck and what are the things that somebody needs to consider if it's just capital raising? Yeah,
0: um, in a a situation like that, i tell people, um, you could do a couple of different things. If it's not around a particular project or identified project yet, you probably wanna d- identify what your model is, Is right? You know, we're going to invest in, you know, fix and flips. We're going to, and these are what the model or the, or the financials, you know, we're gonna invest X number of dollars. We're gonna be able to put so much um, down. We're gonna put so much into the capital improvements. That's going to take X some period of time. And we think we're going to be, turn, put that back back on the market and we'll be able to sell that with that X number of time with the IRR and a cap X of X. Right. And so if you understand what the model wants to look like, and you can develop that model and say, here's what a typical project we're going to be doing is going to look like, that's totally fine. And we see that all the time. And then what they're going to want to know is have you proven this out? Have you got one or two of those underneath your belt? And um, that's what they're gonna wanna see. But if you go out there with what your model identified with your financial performer and what that wants to look like, that works. Because what that tells them is you have a really good understanding of the product type you're going after, what the particulars are, you've done all your research ahead of time, and you anticipate any potential problems, you anticipate the time on the dollars needed you have it you've got you've done all your homework, even though you may not have a project yet, you've done all the research and you know what your model wants to look like
1: again we were we were talking before we we came came on live, and I mentioned that um here in Ontario in particular there's a, a big move by some investors to go from Traditional residential investing, because the, the margins aren't there because prices have, have rocketed up, interest rates are going up, and they're looking now at doing conversions of commercial buildings, and there's some advantages from a tenant perspective there as well. Uh, but these are big, way bigger projects, bigger numbers, longer time frames. What are the kind of things that people need to consider in a pitch deck when they're presenting a, a very different type of proposition?
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked to before about research, right? <laughs> that's that's the foundation of all of this, right? And the reason why you do a pitch deck is that you're conveying to potential investors that you understand the marketplace, you understand the model, you understand who the targets are, you understand the need, you understand the neighborhoods, you understand what the financial um, what the financial potential returns are going to look like. And so anytime you're going into a new category, or you will, or something that hasn't been done before, you've got to be able to do your research. And what you see a lot for sophisticated investors or sophisticated developers, they'll go to different markets. They'll go from, let's say in Hamilton or Toronto, where you're at, right? And they'll go to... Let's say they'll go down to New York, or they'll go to Chicago or other parts of the country and then say, I did online research and I found this other, but they haven't done it a whole lot in this particular market. But I went out to this market and I checked out this project and this is kind of the pictures of it. This is what it looks like. It looks like they, you know, and they kind of develop a performer or a model of like type of projects may not be in their particular marketplace. But they've done their research and homework, and they can tell you what that wants will look like, even though they haven't done it in this market or they haven't done them themselves. But they know pretty darn well what it's going to entail and what it's going to take to do it successfully.
1: Right. What, what, uh, what mistakes have you seen people make when it comes to pitch decks?
0: Well, number one is just way too much content. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: they kill
0: them with content.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we've all been to those events where the presentation goes on and on and, and the writing is at uh, 0.8 font size. Or...
0: Yeah, that one. And 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 the other one I see all the time too is they don't know what their story is. Um, they've got a lot of content, but they haven't taken a step back and being all to put together like we are talking about those core components of what a good pitch deck is. They don't know what their headline is or what their story title or their book title is. They don't know what the chapters are, and they don't know what the financial story is, and they don't know how to weave all those key components together to tell a really nice, tight story. We see that all the time, too. We we see The other problem we see, too, and I'd say this is probably the one we see the most, is they have a good story, but they haven't really done their homework on having a really nice, tight performa and nice, t- nice and tight uh, financial story. And you can poke holes in, in that pretty quickly and easily because you know they don't know all those critical components. And then you have to say, go back, do your research. You may need to hire an expert to help you with your performer or what your financial model wants to be so that you really, really know what that core component is. And, and we see that all the time.
1: And and what about uh, the situation where you, you know you well, you could claim to be, but you're probably not the expert in everything, right? You're bringing in other individuals and should they be part of the presentation or should you be including them in your pitch deck? What are the what are the recommendations around kind of a PR team yeah. as some people call it? Or...
0: Yeah, you know, it's sophisticated, uh, highly sophisticated. Um, developers, they have their architect partners, right? They'll usually have like a CFO or financial expert on the, on, at the table too, to be able to explain and talk through all those core components. Um, they may have, um, you know, if it's a redevelopment project, they may have someone from the neighborhood association or from, you know, something else to talk about why this makes sense and why this is, this is awesome. And. You know, this is going to be a great addition to the neighborhood. And so you may not be able to have all those players at the table with yourself. But if you have some experts that provide those critical components and you can bring that information forward to your deck, it's critical because you may not be able to have them at your presentation, but you need to answer those questions and you need to know that you've done your homework and you understand whether it be the architectural components or the engineering components or the financial components and be able to bring that expertise, even if it's yourself and you can convey that you've got a support team around you that you are putting into the deck. In fact, there's, that's a, a, another key component is in the deck, you've got to have who is the team because investors are gonna wanna know who's the team behind you and you should have them there At a pitch fantastic, if you can't, you've gotta have a slide and say, here's the project lead, here's our CFO, here's the financing partner or the capital partner, here's the architect firm or the engineering firm. And you've got all those things lined up, even though they may not be able to be there with you, you've got all the expertise with you and on your team to be able to have a successful implementation. And they know by writing that check to you, you know what to do when you have the team around you, be able to successfully pull one off.
1: Right. And are there any other kind of critical elements that you would say you've absolutely have to have that within a?
0: Well, you've got to. Well, the other quick, some of the other critical elements is you, you've got to address entitlements, right? So you've got to be able to, whether it be a rehab project or a fix and flip or a new build, you've got to be able to address um zoning or or approval processes or um so you've got to be able to do that piece of knowing and understanding how that all works and that you've done your due diligence and you know that is is critical as well too. Um that's another key component as well.
1: And uh, so if somebody's sitting here and they're thinking, okay, I've never done a pitch deck before Kind of thinking about it, it's it kind of makes sense. What are the first things that you recommend, and and perhaps also we haven't touched on is the branding aspect or the yeah that 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 part of it um, as well.
0: Yeah, I um so I I, I we always start with uh, understanding what your story is. So you know this project wants to look like. Let's just say for an example, it's a multifamily. We're buying a small apartment complex with. Let's say twenty doors, and you know we're buying it for X at a cap rate, capex of this or a cap rate of this. Um, we're going to put so much down. We're going to hold on to this project for let's say thirty-six months, and and we may do do a recap somewhere in there, or we may put so much capital money in to be able to do some capital improvements to be able to drive up rents. Um, so if you know what that story wants to look like and, and you start to put together just some bold points of what that wants to look like, and, and you develop your, your storyline, you've put together the overarching, here's kind of what the highlight of it is, here's the different core components in, in, in that story outline. And you've got a, a good, I don't know how much of the deck it wants to be, but let's say it's 20 to 30% is your financial story. And understanding the compelling financial highlights of the project, and knowing what that wants to look like. So we always tell anybody we work with is, do we have an idea, an overview of what the project wants to look like? We have an overview of the chapters of the story that support that overarching story, and do we know the core components of your financial story as well? And be able to put that into a lot outline where you've kind of it, you know, it could be a single page outline, right? Here's the bullet points? Does it have to be a ton of content? You could almost tell the story off of that. And that's when you know you've really got a nice tight outline. And that may be the framework of that teaser deck we were talking about, right? And you, and you put an intro paragraph in there. You put some pictures or renderings of what this may want to look like. And, and if you can start there and then you build out those different chapters and you start there is the best way to start.
1: Okay. A um, couple of questions. You talked about I'm... branding. Yes. Yeah.
0: You talked about branding. I, I, you know, I would say 90% of the time when we're brought into a project, we were, pres- um, were presented with like a real estate deck where you got a lot of pretty pictures of, of let's say a home that you're buying or a, 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 a piece of property, or whatever. But there's no, it's zero story. And then, and then they may have a bunch of spreadsheets about, well, here's kind of what it's going to look like. And they and you're like, okay, well, I just saw a 20 page performance that tells me absolutely nothing, you know? And so how do you package that? How do you put it in that nice tight presentation? But then how do you care about the aesthetics? Because what, if we're talking about real estate, curb appeal, right? You've got to have curb appeal. Well, your pitch check's got to have per- curb appeal as well. You know, it does. And so you've got to drive up. You've got to have great curb appeal. They got to look at it in the first couple of minutes and they go, yeah, this thing really looks good. You know, it's got a nice, they understand what they're, what they're saying. We, you know, we want to find out more. And so we are branding it depending, you know, you're asking typically, let's say it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. Let's say it's a couple million dollars or tens of millions of dollars. You've got to look credible enough and professional enough that they, you're conveying that you know what the hell you're doing and they can feel comfortable that you're not only going to be able to execute this project, but you're going to be able to market the project, rent it or lease it or sell it off to be able to perform on, on the model that you're presenting. And the, that's a huge mistake is people don't understand the importance of packaging the investment and the, the story in a nice tight. Uh, pitch deck and, and it's really a problem we see all the time and so you d- you'd really need to have that curb appeal you've got to address your brand you've got to address the design elements the pictures you got to address is it telling a n- nice story is it is it consumer friendly because you've got to remember most people aren't going to be pitching this to a bank right you're going to pitch it to our friends or family you may you may have some some coworkers, or you may have you know a uh, a uh, yeah small family office or whatever that you're pitching to you're pitching to an individual and you've got to have that curb appeal and it it's got to look nice and tight and professional be able to give convey to them that that you really understand what you're doing
1: i th- i think you made a really good point there because i think in the in the back of the mind of maybe the smaller investors well this all sounds a little bit too slick and over the top and you know, the hardest thing for real estate investors is raising capital. Hundred percent. And and so that differentiation, where that level of professionalism, as you mentioned, is could be the difference between that two million dollars or not. Well,
0: and think about it. The vast majority—I forget what the percentages are on what they say—but the vast majority of these projects or real estate investments never get invest, never find investment, and so they may have these great ideas but they don't know how to convey that, that story. They don't know how to convey it into a nice tight pitch deck. And so, especially in your first one or first couple of ones, you probably want to do your homework and work with someone who, whether it be a financial advisor or a investment club that can help coach you on how best to be able to package this, put it into a nice tight pitch deck, and dramatically increase your, your chance for success.
1: Good points. A couple of questions I like to ask guests uh, before we kind of wrap up and, and let people know how they can find out more about you. Uh, do you have a, a favorite personal brand and, and who is it and, and why? Yeah, I you know, I I
0: laugh, but I, I love uh, Joe Rogan's brand. I mean, you talk about the king of podcasting, right? <laughs> he's he's taken his personal brand. I mean... And and take it to a whole different level. I mean, and who thought like Spotify would pay a guy like Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars for their podcast catalog? That is crazy. I mean, but he's got a personal brand, he's got a really nice packaged podcast, he does all the social media to present it. He's got all these people on all these different, you know, whether it be comedy or MMA or timely topics, he's got, he's in so many conversations and so many different things. He's become a a, a hot brand and that people share his content because he has very timely, to, uh, timely topics and, and where he's, he's, you hear from him and about him all the time.
1: And, and the interesting thing is he's very clear about that brand, which, you know, turns some people off. 100%. Which, but but that's okay because that's not his target audience. He's he's just very clear. About- well, and,
0: and he does a good job from the branding perspective because hey, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to talk. This is how you know I'm going to share the truth—at least the truth that I understand it to be. And you love it or leave it. I don't care. And he gets a lot of heat because of his of that attitude, but he gets a lot of publicity because of that as well too. And that's part of what's made him successful.
1: Do you have a favorite business podcast or book?
0: Yeah, uh I I do. Um I love this one by Tim Sanders. Um I believe he was uh worked for Mark Cuban at uh I think it was HD.net. And he wrote wrote one called What the Killer App? Mm-hmm. And it was about uh being a love cat, and it's all about um, giving and helping setting up other people for success and making contacts, making referrals, being a source of re- a resource and an ally for anybody and everybody. Because, because I can't tell how many, how many people I've helped along the way that have come back. I've helped make them successful. And then they turn right back around and open up a door for me that I never thought was possible. And it's a business book, um, but it's really about personal relationships, building up your personal brand, yep. and, and and giving and having that um, uh, unconditional love attitude in the workplace, which is, you know, not super common. And I, I just love that, and it's totally unique and uh, unusual, but it's a fast read. You know, I've heard him speak before too, and it, it, it's, it's really unbelievable. And he's got these raving fans. It's a lot like Joe Rogan. I mean, he's got raving fans that just love to hear him talk. It, it, it's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. And that, and that book has got to be. It's like 15 years old or something like yeah, that. I was like going to say 15. Yeah. And, and yeah, if he was talking about love in the, in the workplace, 15 years ago, it <laughs> was probably even more, more extreme than it would be viewed now. So yeah. Way. Yeah. Um. Do you have a a new tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment?
0: Yeah, uh, I we I love marketing automation. We not only um use one for ourselves, but we resell a bunch of different ones and we do a lot of implementations. And, and even a small developer, small investor, you know, someone like this who wants to raise money for a project, you need to keep this is a sales. Raising money and doing a cap raise deck and doing a project like this—it's a sales project as well too. Not only is it a development project, but you got to view it as a sales project, and so you've got to be able to have a technology platform to help you manage this sales cycle. And so we love marketing automation. It's like a CRM tool, manages all your database and your contacts. It manages, help you manages all your sales pipeline but then it also helps you manage all your marketing um, channels as well. All your social media channels, all the content that you're putting together and distributing, whether it be through social media or your blog, helps track and um, whether you're doing any like Google AdWords or social boosting or anything like that, helps you track and measure all the different activities you're doing from a sales and marketing perspective and helps you manage your sales pipeline to see, like in retail people like this, you've got to do a sale pipeline on your investments. And it's just like any other sales cycle, right? It's a hundred conversations to get to 10 prospects, to get to three super interested, to get that one. And you've got to manage your capital raising efforts just like you you do doing any other sales cycle. And so I I think it's critical um, for any type of market activities, but just as important as in, in a situation like this, where you're putting together a pitch deck, you're raising capital, And you've got to be able to track your pipeline and know what's your potential pipeline and be able to know how successful and what the probability is of you being able to raise the capital you need to be able to do the project and by when
1: and and sorry it's called marketing automation or marketing
0: automation or mass it's just like like a sas or crm but it starts for marketing automation software and there's a bunch of products like hubspot it's one uh active campaigns to one um Sh- sharp springs another one there's a ton of them out there but they combined the pipeline management with the marketing management into what we call an integrated marketing and sales cycle or process and you can it from the top of the funnel all the way through the bottom
1: a little more sophisticated than the google sheet one
0: hundred percent. and it's worth to investment i think mean, there's some doing affordable options out there, even for the smallest of projects that make hundred percent sense and really increase the likelihood in like a putting together a capital raise deck and doing the branding. You're also going to do the management of selling this thing too, and understanding what your pipeline looks like and how much activity, you, activity you've got, how many conversations you've got to be able to ensure that you're going to hit success. Right.
1: Wonderful. And do you have a favorite quote inspires you or, uh, drives
0: you. that was a hard one. You asked me this one and I couldn't (laughs) you know I I do just you know and I forget which one it is, but I I you know it's perseverance. I I, there's a bunch around perseverance, but anytime you're doing the capital raise effort, you put into a pitch deck and you're selling it, it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to keep that in mind. You know, it's a learning process to be able to do a pitch deck. They, I forget what they say is you're going to pitch it about a hundred times typically before you find success. And once you nail down your formula of not only the product type that you like, the real estate product you're working on, but what your pitch deck wants to look like and nailing that formula down, it takes perseverance. And that's why so few people are able to do what we're talking about because it's hard. It takes perseverance, it t- takes a lot of sweat, it takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to not give up and, and be committed to yourself, committed to the project and committed to learning along the way to be able to achieve success ultimately. So uh, there's a lot around that, but I love in this particular regard, being persistent and not giving up until you're, until you're successful. Right.
1: And how can people find out more about you? Where can they, uh...
0: Yeah, you can. Um, it's brandiron.net is the name of my company. Um, you can look me up on um, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It's uh, Brandiron or Michael Doyle. Um, I do a lot on Twitter. Uh, I, I love that medium. And so I, I, I love that. And so, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I've got a, a ton of contacts, but it's Michael Doyle in Denver, Colorado with Brandiron.
1: Okay. Wonderful. We'll make sure that's all in the show notes. And uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you for providing such a great insight into, in, into the importance of pitch decks. And I think it's going to become even more as the market has, has become more challenging for people. Um, but you know, There's still opportunity out there, but it's a case of presenting the right, in the right way and, and telling the right story, which is what you've highlighted. So I think that's great. Uh, and uh, have yourself a brandtastic day. Hey, thank you so much. Thank Go. you so much, Paul. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed that episode of the Personally Brandtastic podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you went along to Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. And if you don't already follow and subscribe, I'd love it if you join us. Catch you next time on the Personally Brandtastic podcast.